Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio a new for something completely similar Beyond the sea, she's there waiting for me. My level stand of golden sand. They're watching the ships that go sailing. Oh, yeah, that's the show. God hey. Save the Queen. Where Are we watching the, the Kevin Spacey movie, The uh, Life and Death of no. Bobby Darren? I don't know what it's called. As soon as you said Kevin Spacey movie, I just <laughs> wanted to shut it down. we got The Life of David Gale and The Brutal Death of Bobby Darren. Yeah, that was the sequel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. The Life of David Gale, one of the worst movies. <laughs> Probably maybe one of the worst movies. I heard it was uh, good until it wasn't. It's not good. No? The whole thing is very cliche. And then that ending is just like, they may as well have been, uh, they, they may as well have propped me up with that giant soapbox. Did they send him back to K-Pax? Yeah, that's what oh, happened. Sweet. I think K-Pax was his name, not the planet. Uh, I think it was both, wasn't it? I don't know. I didn't this see is it. A, this is a podcast. You, you're probably just like, who the fuck are these rambling idiots? Well, we are people. I'm Jason. I'm Brendan. We mixed it up. Oh, we did. And this is a podcast called... For Screen and Country. There we go. Look at that. That felt weird coming out of my mouth. Right? Like many things. Yeah. Jason, this is a podcast about British film. Most importantly... Um, more and more commonly, this is a film about the British Film Institute Top 100 British Films of All British Time list. Sure. We've done 90 of them. We have. We are right now, though, we are in the midst of a little diversion. As we like to do. And we are uh, doing our, our little mini-series, and it's called And Now for Something Completely Similar. And we talk about sequels, remakes, different adaptations of the source material. Tone reinterpretations. Yeah. Uh, paintings. Transmedia. Well, actually, we haven't done any transmedia yet. I don't... I don't think we've talked about paintings. No, we should. We should. We should. We should go back and look at a bunch of Caravaggio paintings and just, t- you know, talk about those. The next episode is called Dogs Playing Poker. <laughs> See, now that's not realistic because my dog has no money. There you go. Are you sure? Have you checked? Them? I've checked. Okay. Are you frisked her? Yeah, oh yeah. Is she frisky? <laughs> no, she's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. I love her very much. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, we don't talk about paintings very often, no. but we do talk about all that other stuff. Yeah. But, Jason, we are talking about a remake mm. this week of a movie we talked about previously. Yes. And that was, of course, the 1949 Ealing Studio. I almost said Ealing Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Ealing Studio classic, Whiskey Galore. 
This movie is directed by Gillies McKinnon, mm. who also directed a movie on the BFI Top 100, but not the 1949 Whiskey Galore. That would no. be impressive. He would be very old. If he directed that 67 years ago. If he was 90 in 2016, that would mean that he would have been like 23, 20, 23 when he directed it. That works. It could work. It could work. Hey, Clint Eastwood's hey, like 90. That's true. Still that's making true. movies. That's true. I don't know if he directed any, though, when he was in his 20s. Still having threesomes with uh, much younger people in the movie. Hey, you do what you got to do. Uh, so, yeah, no, but Gillies McKinnon we've talked about because he directed the 90s gritty Scottish little gangster movie, mm. Small Faces. Not, as I originally thought, a movie about one of the characters from Dick Tracy. A great movie. I'll say it. Great movie. Al Pacino. I've never yes. seen it. Oh, dude, it's 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 an entertaining movie. I thought you were gonna say do it for your other podcasts. <laughs> no, I mean you could. You could. You, that, you, there's good reason to, but yeah. this movie quite a bit different than sm- from Small Faces. Oh yeah. Quite a bit different. This is a um it's funny, Jason, because we we talk about whiskey galore. Mm. We talked about another remake last week, uh the Italian job. Yes. The two thousand three remake of the nineteen sixty nine Michael Caine caper. Sure. This and we and we talked about last week how it was the, a remake in the loosest sense of the word. Yeah, there were a lot of elements that were that were transferred, but and character names and things. But ultimately, it was kind of a different movie. I mean, it was ultimately still a heist movie, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a, a note for note remake of the original. Exactly, and it's funny because this week. We talk about the exact opposite. We talk about what is pretty much a note-for-note note remake of the original. I, I think I believe I met, I texted you while I was watching it, saying, "Are you sure this wasn't directed by Gus Van Sant? Because this is yeah. sh- almost shot for shot at some in, cases. in some places. Yeah, like uh, it really is. They really go to great pains to make this movie resemble the original. It's not exact, uh, uh, but like even the town, which is not the same town where they filmed it, but it. It just has the same vibe. Like they, I mean, maybe it's just a certain northern Scottish vibe or, or island Scottish vibe. Um, also, I believe this was filmed like like a few miles from where they filmed Local Hero as well. <laughs> and also, this is a very recent movie. This yeah, is, this came out in 2016. Yeah. And watching the movie, I assumed to look up and find out that it was like produced as like a BBC movie of the week or something. Yeah. It went to theaters. Maybe not here. It did. It, but did. it did go to theaters. It did have kind of a TV movie sheen to it. It did. It really yeah. did. So, and the thing. So the first thing. So this is a remake. Yeah. It's the exact same story. So yeah. we got a bunch of islanders, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they go dry. The island goes dry. They don't have any whiskey. 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 Um, there is a ship that crashes yeah. in the you know out in not far from the island. Turns out they have a shit ton of whiskey. So they go out there, save the people. They save the people that are on the boat. No, they don't. Well, they do. They get I them mean, to follow yes. them. Oh, I suppose they do. In yeah. this one, they do. I don't think they did in the original. I, I, I think it was mentioned that they had gone. Maybe they did say. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched the original. Wow. And and to be fair, this movie was having a hard time holding my attention. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. But they yeah. So they go and they 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 do save them, and then they find you know fifty thousand cases of whiskey. Mm. Take it back. And the rest of the movie is essentially them uh, hiding the whiskey, enjoying the whiskey, while Captain Waggett, here played by Eddie Izzard, yeah. is uh, is trying to um, trying to get it, trying to get it back. Here's the thing, folks. It's and stolen. Like in the original, the the thing about this whiskey is twofold. Number one, this whiskey is not their whiskey, so they are stealing it. But number two, and more important even than that, is that this whiskey is for export only, which means it means it is not taxed in the same way, which means that old John Bull is coming down there 
to get his coin. Okay, babe, you got that? Oh, no. Get, Jason, get him out of here. Yeah, babe, John Bull, the British personification. He's not as cool as Uncle Sam. You know, Uncle Sam, he's like uh, Abraham Lincoln at a dominatrix gathering, babe. <laughs> you guys voting for Trump? <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I'm putting words in his mouth now. Bye. Dennis Miller died? Uh, he died, and he sort of started, like he sounded like he was turning into Rip Taylor. <laughs> Well, maybe it was for Taylor the whole time. Maybe, maybe it was. I did. I do have a little bit of confetti on my shoulder. <laughs> yes. So that is that is that is this movie. Yeah, that it is, is that movie. again now. And 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 to remind folks, uh, as we did in the previous one, this is actually based on a real story, and it was turned into a novel mm-hmm. uh, about a ship that wrecked off the coast of Scotland, and the locals decided to help themselves to the whiskey during the war. Which, hey, you know what? If if you know you think the Luftwaffe is on your doorstep, I don't and I, I don't blame them for wanting to get hammered. Yeah, it's just that it's just that it's kind of fucked up. Even it was I, we we said it in that episode. It was fucked up then, and it's fucked up now that these people are so desperately dependent on whiskey. Oh, to the point where an old man dies, like because I, his body doesn't yeah. have whiskey anymore. Yeah, I don't think that happens in the original, does it? It does. Oh, it does. Yeah, okay. it's in a much in a much more broad comedic way. Yeah. which I'll yeah keep. Your this own. comes off as a as a little uh, yeah a little darker right at the beginning, but. If I had remade this movie, Brendan, I'd have gone the other way. I'd have made this like a dark drama about this alcoholic village that starts going through the DTs and then have to do this desperate, stupid, like, voyage over to this wrecked vessel to steal the whiskey so they all can feel better, but of course risking their lives in the process. And then the government coming for them. Oh boy. And then they kill a government agent and then they then they have to, like, hide his body. And then they send more government agents and they, they just they keep killing them. So do they, and they do can't they, stop. Do they do, like, a Return of the Living Dead where one of the guys just grabs, like, the agents like radio and he's yeah. like send more agents <laughs> absolutely okay. and then and then the most fucked up thing they send a missive to berlin looking for help and this movie gets real political does somebody dance naked in a graveyard yeah no 100 okay, well, yeah i'm in that's the thing about this movie too is that watching this movie and watching this story again i was like kind of mashing up in my head all these various like island scottish movies we'd watch between local hero and i know where i'm going yeah. and whiskey galore and uh, um, local, oh, you already said that. Mary said local hero. Uh, uh, at least those three. There yeah. was probably another Clockwork one. Clockwork Orange, Train Spotting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The Cruel Sea. Oh, and uh, actually, um, mm, Wicker Man, a little bit Wicker too. Man. Yeah, because it's on like a remote island and similar kind of photography and stuff. I want to live on this island, by the way. Mm. Uh, this this version of Toddy seems like a lovely place to live. It does. It, it seems almost too clean, though. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's, that's, it's, it's, it's a it's, fantasy version. It's of, very glossy. Yeah. No. It, it's it's this movie because it is such a slavishly devoted remake is also you know tinged with nostalgia. <sighs> but I gotta say, Jason, and not to skip ahead to the end because we'll we'll sum up our thoughts at the end. But yeah. this this feels like lazy yeah like it's just as much as i appreciate the fact that we are finally getting to see on this podcast eddie izzard in a role where we get to yeah. hear him talk yeah and there's and there's nothing wrong with and his, his performance, performance is fine yeah he's perfectly fine he's no basil radford certainly but <laughs> no no I, I i do think basil radford does a better job yeah but this movie is just it, it just it, we're just going through the motions yeah and I was shocked to learn that this thing was in production hell for ten years. Yeah, that that, that blew my mind too. That forever. I'm like, what? What was the what was the rush to remake this movie? Mm. Like, they, okay. And I remember when we watched Whiskey Galore. Yeah, we talked about it, and I kind of said, you know, this was fine. Yeah. This is, is fun. It's not my favorite Ealing. It's not like Passport to Pimlico. It's not uh, Bells of Saint Trinians. Although I don't think that was Ealing, but you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not the top tier, but it was okay. Yeah. 
this movie made me appreciate that one a lot yeah. more. <laughs> well, part of what got me about this one is that they didn't really try to do anything different. Now, you could argue that that's a slavish devotion to the original movie and that they're trying to really pay tribute to it, but like there are a few things in this movie, like very minor things, but for the most part, this is, yeah, straight up this original movie. And one of the things that I didn't like about the original one is that a lot of the humor is very mild by modern standards, and it would have been interesting to maybe... I don't know if edgy is the right word, but to make a sharper movie, you know, to really like punch it up and kind of, even though it is a period piece and you could maintain it in the war, just to kind of punch it up a little bit. Which I expected in this movie going into it. Yeah. And there's a lot of talent in this cast that would be capable of doing that. Yeah. And in 2016, I'm thinking, okay, the jokes are going to come faster. They're going to be wittier. They're going to be quick, 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 which, you know, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not criticizing too much the 1949 version for that. No, but it was was a different time. Absolutely. But in this, yeah, there's no excuse now, but this is like, you said this is so slavishly devoted to the original and kind of a like a lo- mm. showing so such loyalty yeah. that they almost want to copy the pacing yeah which is it's it's off-putting it is it is and it and again it's a shame because this cast is quite good and i like a lot of the people in this movie and there's so much potential we've got eddie azard who's who's, who's a great comedian mm-hmm. very funny has been in many things we've got uh, um the dude that plays Sergeant Odd in this movie is very good. Like I, I he really nails kind of the the dry bemusement that that Sergeant Odd was in the original, and that is potential for great comedy right there. Um, we've got uh, in a in a very minor role, but a very funny man, and we miss him. We lost him last year. Uh, the late John Sessions plays the doctor. Uh, okay. the, the fellow that gets stopped with the car and stuff. And I love John Sessions. John Sessions was an improviser on the first season of Whose Line Is It Anyway in Britain. He was like the in-house guy. So he was on every episode. And so he was like the Ryan Styles. Yeah, he was, like, he was like he was like basically what Ryan and Colin were on the on the American version, but just for the first season of the British version. And he was fantastic. Does does a lot of accents, obviously. Uh, and I was, again, he, he died last year and I was so happy to see him in this because I hadn't seen him in anything in years. So John Sessions also shout out to James Cosmo showing up again. Is, is John, uh, Jeff's brother? No. Okay. I don't think so. Although I bet you John Sessions, bless his heart, could have done a great Jeff Sessions impression. <laughs> um, so you say James Cosmo. James Cosmo, of Who's course. Who's seller? James Cosmo. Uh, How much uh, does that guy weigh? Certainly. I, I know him most, uh, prominently from Game of Thrones where he played Lord, uh, Jor Mormont, uh, mm-hmm. But he has shown up on our list before because he was uh, 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 Ewan McGregor's dad in Train Spotting. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, he's probably been in other stuff too. He's been in a million things. I was thinking through his filmography. This guy fucking works. <laughs> I want to say right now too, I, I quickly shouted out, how much does that guy weigh? Any wrestling fans that are listening, if you know that reference, please tell me because I'll respect you more as a human being. I mean, I don't, so you don't have any respect for me. Very little. Hmm. Okay, I'll just tell you. Okay. You don't remember Art Donovan? He did like one pay-per-view. And the whole yeah, time. Oh, yeah. Oh, clearly. Yes, Art Donovan. Yeah, obviously. Though, he's he's infamous in wrestling. Okay. He did one pay-per-view com- on commentary. He's a former football guy. Oh, okay. And all his things were like, hey, macho, how much does that guy weigh? <laughs> <laughs> like, IRS came down the aisle and he's like, he looks like a tax man. Who was, what was the name of the guy that said, that called Jeff Hardy, Jeff Harvey? Oh, Mike Adamley. Mike Adamley, yeah. No, but oh, Art Donovan is like 10,000 wow. times worse than Mike. Like, he didn't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> like, he's just like, the, the guys were having a match, and he'll go like, hey, these guys are really hurting each other out there. Hey, macho gorilla, did you guys like doing this? And like, yeah, Art, we did it all the time. And he's like, oh, no. What's the girl over there screaming at? What's he going to do, throw him out of the ring? Hey, I thought the poor guy was dead. 
Now, now they're both out. What happens now? Randy, is this one of the wrestlers? He's one of the best. He looks like a businessman. Oh, how how much does that guy weigh? 500 pounds plus, Art. Well, that's not fair. The only guy, the only fellow only weighs half the amount. Oh, how much does this fellow weigh? How much does he weigh, Tatanka? I tell you, I think these two guys will make some great linebackers. What do you think? These guys need a helmet with a face mask. Camilla, is Tatanka getting any, uh, any air at all? I tell you, he's got a nice tan. He must have been down in the, down in the island somewhere, huh? I, think, I, I don't think that poor guy can win that one, two, three. Uh, he's gonna get, he's gonna get murdered. This guy Double J's a cutie. Let's take a look at the final four right now. He may be in the final phase. Camilla, who's the guy leading? What's that, a second? That's Shawn Michaels. Is he another wrestler? The second looks like an offensive guard. Look at the size of that guy. Uh, how about the big guy here, uh, Diesel? Did he play football also? I think This is like David and Goliath. Funny thing is, you watch, Jason, I want you to hear this, I want everyone else out here, out there to hear this, wrestling fan or not, you track down King of the Ring 1994. because That's the one to see. That's the commentary with Art Donovan. And you listen, as the night wears on, as they get to about the third last or second last match, Gorilla Monsoon, Gorilla Monsoon and Randy Savage start fully ignoring him. So he'll say like, hey, that, he's got to buy his Hi. He, he's got to buy his tongue there. And then they don't <laughs> say anything. It, was that the year that Owen won? Yes. Nice, nice. Owen Hart, we miss you. I also wanted to make special note, Brendan, if I can find her name. Yes, of, we do. Uh, we should talk about Whiskey Galore. I agree. Yeah, we should talk about Whiskey Galore. Um, in this movie, there is, though, there is one character that is a specific standout that I mentioned to you. And that is an actress by the name of Fenella Wugler. I think that's her name. Who plays Dolly Waggett, who is who's uh, uh, Sergeant Waggett's wife. Captain Waggett. Captain Waggett. How dare you? Sorry, I'm sorry. He's a commissioned officer in the Home Guard. I'm I still cutting the Colonel off like that. How brave. You going all the way to Obeg just for a short talk with him? I'm not going anywhere near Obeg, Dolly. I'm going to see the custom excise people at Nobast. Then why did you? More to me than meets the eye. Yes, dear. Yes, I've often heard you say so. Um, this is Eddie Izzard, by the way. Yeah, Eddie Izzard. But his his wife is played by Orb. And by the way, I just want to say, yes, and I caught that, but I, I know, like, so Eddie Izzard obviously identifies as they. Yeah. But we, we're going to be talking about his character, yeah. and he does play a guy, so we're just going to say he, just to simplify yeah, it. Yeah, don't think that we're not thinking about this. We, we, we are aware we're talking about the character. Yeah. yeah so um, Captain Waggett. Captain Waggett specifically has a wife, and, and the wife is so funny. She only has, like, maybe... Seven lines in the whole movie, it feels like. She's great. But she's just she's just got this super like detached, airy, aristocratic type of bearing that just is she doesn't care about a lot, but she's just got this permanent smile. She's so funny. I don't know why, but now that you're describing her, she kind of sounds to me like Kitty from that 70s show. Yeah. Like just the detached. Yeah, airiness. a little bit, a little bit, but but Kitty, but but Kitty's not aristocratic. Kitty no, no, is not. But I mean, just the just the detached like airiness, pretending to be. Kitty's airiness. a fucking nurse, like my own mother, so I relate to Kitty. No, but nurses are dumb. You want to say you look, say that to my mother's face and see how your look, face looks after look, that? Look at me, I know medicine. Oh, my mother's getting her meter stick ready to go. She's gonna <laughs> beat the fuck. Oh, no, I love I love all medical professionals. You're all the best. <laughs> you don't listen to Rand Paul. About anything. 
medical or otherwise. Don't right. listen to Rand Paul. Don't listen to Joe Rogan. Don't listen to fucking Ben Shapiro. These people are not doctors. They don't know shit. Donald Trump's doctor, though, good guy. Great guy, finest guy. He was a doctor. He's been in my butt, and you know, there's not a lot of people I let in there, but he's very gentle hands. And, and he put his hand in, and he made me say, man, person, camera, woman, TV. Which Whatever. I did, I did, and it Whatever was perfectly it was perfectly perfect. I got it all la- laid out for him. I don't even know if that's the thing. I just remember that was the thing. Person, camera, man, animal. <laughs> yes, that's probably what it was. So anyway, whiskey galore. Whiskey galore. Uh, but yeah, she's fantastic, Mrs. Waggett. So she's a yes. standout. Eddie Izzard's good in this role. Yeah, but, but did you find he was kind of, he felt kind of reserved? Like, yeah, yeah. I know no, I mean, again, be, but the, the character could have been more outlandish. Yeah. And could have gone that way, but... I, I feel like Eddie Izzard could have made that I character think, I, I think I think Eddie was, you know, hewing closely to Basil Radford in this. Uh, not going too far afield, you and know, it, of the it, performance. And again, that's because this movie is too in love with the original. Like, do, listen, listen. Even if, like, I like the original, yeah. but even if you love the original, like, wouldn't you want a different take on it? Yeah, well, that's it. Like, what's the point of doing a remake? Like, we've seen... Let's talk. Let, let's get into it for a sec. Psycho so, 1998. So when I think of a good remake, a good remake is one that if it's if it's not a full because because if you get to the point where you're so far afield of again I like that word far afield or that expression if you're so far afield of the original then it's no longer a remake it's a reboot and that's fine mm. you get like Star Trek 2009 which despite my Star Trek problems with it is a fantastic reboot of that series but you also if you hew too close to it then you kind of defeat the point of even doing it so what's the point of just remaking the movie now there are movies that could benefit from that like for instance say we wanted to remake the cruel sea right or the dam busters we could do it and have much more interesting action sequences yep. and 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 you know justify that remake but we look at a movie like whiskey galore i tell you one thing we would do is rename the dog uh, in Dambusters, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the dog in, the, in this movie, there was a dog. I don't know if his name was ever uttered. I don't think it was the N-word. I, I, well, maybe it was. We don't know. The, <laughs> the, the dog was multicolored, so. Wait a second. What's that credit I just saw whiz by? <laughs> Why did they do that in 2016? Rover as the N-word. Jeff Sessions was visiting set that day, and he said, I got an idea. <laughs> But yeah, so like, what's a good remake to you, Brendan? Like, can, in your mind, can you pick out like a perfect remake for you? One one remake that always comes to mind when I think of like a remake, a movie that just like they took the basis of it, they they took some of it, they added their own little twist. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, absolutely. Zack absolutely. Snyder's Dawn of the Dead are also arguably his best movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, 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 they take that concept and they do their own thing with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yours, I agree. Of course, I don't you... know why I'm I'm genericizing his pronouns. He's he's a he. Uh, <laughs> and I know, and I know you're you're of course going to say uh, the, uh, the 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 1998 remake of Psycho starring Vince Vaughn. Yeah, obviously doing its own thing. You know, <laughs> clearly. Uh, but, but yeah, that, and, and that is a weird that, art project. That, so that, that is a, of, exactly yeah. that that movie. If you if you look at that movie as an exercise. It's interesting. Like it's yeah. it, it's a film exercise it's on the a part of which is weird because Gus Van Zandt's made plenty of movies. He doesn't not, need to make a, it, a movie like that. It's not a good movie. No, but it's an interesting. Experiment. It's interesting if you're familiar with the original movie. It is fun to watch it and see. But. So Jason, on that note, then what is a good remake to you? That's a good question. I mean, I've been scouring my mind trying to think of what is a specifically you could a good almost remake. Say Evil Dead Two. Uh, could you consider this a remake? Because I don't know. I haven't actually seen the original, so I don't know if it actually is a remake or not. But the 2012 Dread. Is a fantastic, very different, fantastic movie. Very different, very maybe different. like a readaptation. A readaptation, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a reboot at yeah. minimum. It's definitely oh, fuck a remake. Um, the Mod Squad's one of your faves. No, obviously, yeah. Uh, well, 
Charlie's Angels, the original Charlie's Angels, isn't a bad remake of that show. Again, I'm I'm not super oh, familiar okay. with the show, but like the movie, that first one is entertaining. It's fun. Enough. Yeah, it's fun. And the second one, not as much, not as much. But Bernie Mac's fun. Listen, that second one, I'm not gonna lie, that's a big guilty pleasure for me. Is it? Wow. And I also think I've also I've never big seen big Demi Moore fan, as I understand. <laughs> big what? You're a big Demi Moore fan. I do like Demi Moore. You're a big striptease guy. Um, that movie's not so good. Your TV's covered in cum, Brendan. Uh, well, I mean, that's not related to the film Striptease. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I, I just assumed. No. I mean, I, 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 don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a fucking maid. What do you think I am, the king of France? <laughs> he would have a maid, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would. Fucking king of France. Fuck just because you're dating Mary-Kate Olsen. Or Ashley. I don't know which one he dated. Well, she's dating, she's dating like, a, like, a, like a member of the House of Bourbon or something, right? Isn't that a drink? Yes, but it's also a house. No. Bourbon is a drink. Bourbon is a house. Guys, I just want to... <laughs> Full disclosure, we are both drinking very, very alcoholic beers. Folks, if you're ever in Fredericton, New Brunswick, be sure to stop by Trailways on the north side, and you can try the Ooze Double IPA rated 8% ABV, a uh, fine beer, enjoyed by Brendan and I. And I just want to point out, too, we're also drinking more heavily than usual because I got a new job, and I'm super excited. Yay, congrats! Mortal Kombat. Whiskey Galore. Oh, oh, okay, all right. I don't even know where we left off on Whiskey Galore. Well, here's the thing, Brendan. When we watched the original Whiskey Galore, we drank whiskey. You still didn't come up with a sequel. Oh, Jesus. Or remake, remake, rather. Um, let's see. There's Dawn of the Dead. I already mentioned that. Maybe if that's yours too, that's fine. But the, there's um, uh, Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. Uh, um, there's um, to me a good remake. And I'd be fair. I haven't seen much of this. To be, fair. to be fair. I haven't seen much of the original movie. I've seen clips of it. But to me, a perfect remake because I've read the book that this Wing movie, Commander. That's <laughs> not a remake. That's an adaptation, and it sucks. Right. This is a this is a movie that I as soon as I watched it I went and I downloaded probably illegally the book that the movie was based on and read it and was super impressed Cobra was was super yeah I should have uh, read that one was, hey, hey, I wrote the script and I got to put my name on the book was super impressed at how closely it hewed to the book but the few changes it made were were made a lot of sense in the modern era. And that is 2010's True Grit, starring uh, yeah. uh, Jeff Bridges. No, no, that's a really, Jeff that's Bridges? A really good call. Jeff Bridges, yeah. Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges yeah. and Matt Damon. Yeah, that that now, the original, you know, it's a bit of a corny Western with John Wayne. And, and folks, if you're listening to the other podcast, we went into some John Wayne in The Conqueror. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but we'll say- if you want to hear about what a terrible actor he can be. True Grit, yeah. True Grit, uh, luckily, is one of those movies uh, that John Wayne, like Rio Bravo, and, and I don't know, The Searchers, and a few others that he actually is suitable for. I mean, he plays a type. He plays a type, exactly. But but like it's, it's kind of corny, and you know, John Wayne is John Wayne or whatever, but then you watch True Grit, it is- so good. Everybody in that movie is fantastic. Haley Steinfeld, Jeff Bridges, mm. Barry Pepper shows up as uh, at the Whatever end of the fucking Barry Pepper from Saving Private Ryan. And Barry Pepper, of course, also in Battlefield Earth, one of the great uh, uh, movies that I'm sure you've done on your other podcast. We're waiting for you, Jason. Oh, okay. Well, I'm down whenever. Yeah. And that, that, that's a movie I saw in the theater, Brendan. I saw in the theater where it had scenes that were then cut from the DVD. What? There's a scene in the movie where they, f- where Johnny gets in the uh, like the fighter thing that Turl has, and they fly into some radiation. And 
the the so inside this inside the craft the rate the atmosphere is cyclo atmosphere which is what Turrell is you know the play by John Travolta of course um his but best performance cyclo atmosphere reacts with the radiation so they fly into an area where there's a bunch of radiation and it starts flickering and shit and Turrell has to haul the haul the fighter back out of that area. For some reason, that scene, I don't understand why, was cut from the DVD release. Well, I mean, Jason, it's just far too ridiculous. It is. It, oh, yeah. No, that's the most ridiculous part that they had to get rid of. By the not, way, folks, not, not I'm going to say not it. the scene where John Travolta shoots a cow's leg off. So, folks, I want to say this outright. I don't support Scientology. I think L. Ron Hubbard was an idiot um, and a piece of shit. And if Scientology wants to come fuck with us, then you come fuck with us, you pieces of shit. But I will say Battlefield Earth as a novel is mediocre and and, and half interesting. Uh, I enjoyed reading what I did. And part of the problem with the movie is that it gets rid of most of the novel the more interesting part of the novel, which is really not all that interesting at all. But I will say Scientology, props to you. You're not a print a nice book. So all in all, True Grit, a pretty good remake. True, True Grit is a fantastic remake. And I went through while we were having a little break and looked at a list of like the top 30 remakes of all time on Collider. And True Grit was the only one that stood out to me. Mm. Uh, other than, of course, Dawn of the Dead as well. But yeah, it, remaking is a hard proposition because it... These days, you may as well just go for the full reboot. Like then you get something like this again, Star Trek two thousand nine, which is a fantastic reboot of that series, or like you know a soft reboot like the new Suicide Squad movie is. Yeah, where yeah, you're sort of like kind of doing the premise again. Um, what other soft reboots have we had recently? I don't know. I don't know. But but, but my point is, everyone should watch the Suicide Squad because if you didn't like Suicide Squad, this is like. Your dream movie. Yeah, I, I watched actually the Red Letter Media talk about it today, and, and they liked it. And, and their point was that there seemed to be like, it seemed to be, it takes the characters seriously, but also is more fun. Mm -hmm. Like da the David Ayer movie, like David Ayer is the guy, he did like End of Watch and uh, uh, Fury. Fury. Which yeah, Fury's, both, Fury's fantastic. Both of those movies are you great. Should watch, you should watch Fury 100%. And you should watch End of Watch. But but that that very gritty, dark style works okay in that Suicide Squad movie. Now, I don't hate that movie as much as some people. I, I dislike it strongly. You dislike it strongly. I, I'm kind of neutral on it. I, there's a lot I like in it. But from what I've seen, I'm, I will have to watch the new Suicide Squad. I don't watch oh, yeah. a lot of superhero movies, but I should because... Uh, you should just watch them all, Jason. Margot we'll Robbie. Uh, you, you can't help but love Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie and Will Smith were the best part of that first movie. Mm -hmm. 100% for sure. And Margot but Robbie is still great. In I'm excited time. because the new Suicide Squad, Brendan, has both Nathan Fillion as a guy whose don't arms fly too, off. Don't get too excited. And uh, and Flula Borg as uh, Javelin. I'll just say this, Jason. There are a lot of <laughs> there's a lot. I know. I know. A lot they, of people in this movie. They, they dig into the they dig into the history. I've seen Polka Dot Man. I, I'm just gonna say there's a lot of people in this movie, and it's rated R. Yeah. So, so don't get too hung up. No, on No, I, I certainly won't get attached to anyone. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, True Grit, great remake. Uh, this one less so. I <laughs> like how we we got back to Whiskey Gore after 17 minutes. <laughs> And as I said, we're not drinking whiskey for this one. We're drinking beer because the first one deserved whiskey, but this one did not. This one was merely a beer. So, Jason, there is one difference. There is one startling difference and a pointless difference in this movie. Sure. Help me out here. Uh, the subplot with the red case. Yeah, that was a weird thing. That It was not in the original. Was that guy even in the original? Slange. Thanks for this. The Duke of Windsor. The Duke of Windsor. Oh, and such fine handwriting he has, too, eh? Education is a wonderful thing to be able to write curly cues the way he can. Croon, you didn't. Please tell me you didn't. I only read a little bitty of the correspondence between himself and his American divorcee. The odd reference to his Nazi friends thrown in. 
Don't you fret, Mr. Brown. Like every other postmaster in the land, I have signed the Official Secrets Act, and I shall stand by it. Good man. Doing your bit for king and country. <laughs> Mr. Brown didn't get his red case back without a wee favour. When he returns to the mainland, I need him to give Captain Waggett a glowing report. If they replace him with someone more efficient, well, that would never do. So there's a character named Mr. Brown. Yeah. And he is what exactly? I think he works for the government, I assume. Okay. Because he seems to, or at least works for uh, Edward VIII, we later would learn. Yeah, well, he and he's there. He's got some say over who's looking over the island because we have uh, our main character, uh, help me out. George? George, no, not George. Uh, the older guy, the father. Oh, McCoolin, uh, uh, McCoolin. What the fuck is his name? Jesus Christ, we're horrible. But he is like basically telling Mister Brown, like, okay, you know, we'll help you out if you make sure that Captain Waggett stays on this island because he's an incompetent idiot and we want to get away with everything. McCroon, Joseph McCroon. Right. But that's what he says, right? That was that. That was his thing. Um, and, and yeah, so Mr. Brown is that, and then he kind of, uh, he kind of just, he kind of just says, you know, I have this red case. Um, there's this red case on that boat and that red case can't fall into the wrong hands. And Joseph McCroon gets the case and he looks at it and yeah. I'm not, I'm still not entirely sure what it is. Okay. So here's the interesting thing. So having watched The Crown, because my wife is a fucking fanatic for that show and, it, and it's a great show, um... The queen would receive her, uh, like, her daily briefing in a red box, right? Uh, this red box was a red box belonging to Edward VIII and contained uh, love letters between him and Wallace Sampson, who was his American divorcee that he eventually married, and thus had to abdicate the throne uh, to marry. Which today wouldn't happen. So, so the, well, did not, did it not? No, it, it it did back then. I'm saying today, if if a uh, king wanted to marry an marry an American divorcee, probably wouldn't be an issue. Oh, okay. I thought. Well, I mean, I was going to say, what's their faces just left the royal family. I thought that's what you meant. No, no, no. Well, th th well, that's the thing. He didn't really leave the royal family. I mean, he left. He like he's not involved in the in the Prince uh, Harry. He's not involved in the day to day anymore. But if six or seven people suddenly died, he could be king. I don't think he will be. It'd be like King Ralph. I think he's out. No, no, he's not out. He's, he's in line. You can't change. You cannot change the lineage. Uh, or sorry, the you cannot change the line of succession. Okay? Uh, other than dying. So are you uh, are you saying that you sit here mm -hmm. at the, at the, in this podcast yes, and throw your full support behind Piers Morgan for his comments about how uh, Meghan Markle does not face racism? Uh, I would, I would, I would question how Piers Morgan could have any idea. They were friends and uh, she, she stopped talking to him. Why would anybody want to be friends with Piers Morgan? Exactly. Whiskey that's galore. That, that's why that doesn't ring true. Whiskey galore. Maybe Piers Morgan would be more fun in the morning if he'd have a little whiskey to start the day. There you go. Whiskey galore. Him and Sharon it. Osbourne can, can talk about people and get drunk at guys, six o'clock. Guys, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get back to whiskey galore. What do you want me to say, Brendan? <laughs> Tell me what you want me to say. Well, I want to talk about the red case a little bit. Oh, okay. So yeah, you sure. said what was in it. You said what yeah. they're black. The black. It's the form. love letters. It's obviously very sensitive. It's not something that they would want to get out because you know the American media would publish those letters unedited. So I get all that, but it ultimately leads to nothing because the yeah. only purpose of that whole thing 
is that Mr. Brown says, you know, yeah, I'll make sure Captain Y gets yeah. stays here uh, so you can get away with everything. And he also and, and puts in a good word for him so that he'll keep him there. Yeah, yeah. Right. But he also lets them know when the customs boat is coming because we have that same scene from the original where the customs arrives and they're checking every house for the whiskey. Yeah. But that scene is like he calls them and tells them he calls the switchboard and tells them and the people at the switchboard are like no he's obviously like trying to set us up yeah. and then the old man calls them and then they're like oh it must be happening yeah. so that scene is pointless yeah it is pointless also i need to know um why did he get How a, are you going to get onto the spring break show no 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 why oh. did he get a motorcycle delivered to the island it's not that big an island there's only one road that goes around the why island why does he have a sidecar why does he have a sidecar uh, and then at one point he like he's he like is talking to someone and he I think it's probably McCroon and he's like you better if you know anything you better tell me and he gets on the bike and drives off where the fuck is he going is he just gonna drive around the island and is he gonna go see the boys at the roadblock <laughs> they make such a big deal about his tweed sweater too yeah yeah exactly that he's like from the mainland and he's wearing a tweed suit so. oh, are you the master of tweed suits then I don't know why he's Irish now all of a sudden <laughs> yeah I'm surprised you said that <laughs> the thing is too about this movie Jason is that like. Again, other than Eddie Izzard and like a couple other characters that you mentioned, yeah. no one stands out. No, I mean like, everyone's they're, they're just fine. kind of just kind of blends together. Yeah, they're fine. They're like, it, like if Whiskey Galore didn't exist, like if they lost the movie and they remade it as this, this would be a good representation of what that movie was. And even then, I'd be like, that's fine. It's fine. And 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 oh, I should mention too, I do like the woman that plays the mother in this movie of George, the fastidious religious. Uh, uh, crazy grandmother. But didn't you feel? Didn't you feel like all the scenes in the original that were like funny? Yeah. In this one, were just they were so low energy at times that I didn't even they didn't even like hit me as comedy. Yeah. Well, because it was by modern standards. You're you're taking humor from the 40s and trying to translate it to modern standards and not amping it up in some. It's way. not an yeah. update. No. It's, it's like not. It, it makes me mad. Like, I don't even, I don't even, I don't fully hate this movie. No, no, no. But so I you can't, you can't I, hate this movie. I think this movie was made in good faith. Like, like I think these people legitimately wanted to make a, a tribute to that original movie. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think this movie is, like, good or anything, but, like, I don't hate it. Like, it's just, it just, it's just so just there. Yeah. It just bothered me how, like, there it was. I, I don't want to, I don't think it's as bad as this, but it kind of is reminiscent of that Dr. Zhivago remake where it just feels so unnecessary. Like, and at least that Dr. Zhivago, I suppose you could say that Dr. Zhivago remake at least tried to expand it somewhat, like, tried to bring more in from the novel and tried to, you know, do that. But it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't do anything different, really. And it just ended up feeling unnecessary. Plus, and this is what this movie does. Plus, we almost got arrested. Plus, we almost got arrested. Yeah. No, the FBI. I don't know why they were here in Canada, but they were looking for us. Well, I mean, we had Kira Knightley way too young exposing herself on film. Yeah, but that was her choice. And it was in England, and that's cool, I guess. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> if you want to do it now, Kira Knightley, I'm gay. Yeah, no, for sure, Let's Kira Knightley. You do whatever you want to do. We're not going to judge but, you. But I'm, yeah, there's, a, and yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, we should we should talk a little bit more about Eddie Izzard, because, you know, like you said, Eddie Izzard, uh, they're the best part of the movie. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, uh, besides Mrs. Waggett. Uh, who cheats at pool. Who cheats at pool. I yeah. love or, that or little, snooker. Snooker, yeah. I love that little bit where um, Captain Waggett is on the phone and yeah. he's talking to the supervisor or whatever. And you and you get this idea the whole movie that he's very alert and he's very like on the nose and he's ready at a moment's notice. But while he's on the phone, his wife is cheating at snooker. Like she pushes <laughs> the ball in the hole. Yeah. And then when he comes back and she's like, you know, lining up again, he just kind of takes a beat and just kind of looks around and he's like... 
you're getting very good at this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. Like, he doesn't yeah. fully, like, think she's cheating. Like She also gets such a wonderfully super British burn in this movie where she's talking to Waggett and she says to him, or, or Waggett says to her, well, honey, there's more to me than meets the eye. And she responds with, oh, yes, honey, you've said that quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, yes, you've told me, but yeah, I don't yeah. believe you. <laughs> right. So perfect. Oh. God damn, why can't she have a whole movie? I, I agree. You and and you texted me saying yeah. Mrs. Waggett needs a movie, and yeah. I totally agree. Just watching her obliviously work her way through life, That's, I would be so down. That might be the only thing I think I prefer in this movie, because mm. I don't think she had much of a character yeah, in the, the thing. I don't remember her at all in the previous version, so she must not have been super memorable. Or I hit you on the head really hard. Uh, well, yeah, but you do that once a podcast, usually. I got to. I don't want you to remember what we do. That's why it's very hard for you to do rankings. Yeah, well, you, you you knock me out, you wipe my memory, and then I can listen to the podcast as a fan. And then that's how you decide. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, one, one, one particular moment, and I know we're not getting into the bits and bobs, but, you know, this, guys, I'm just going to let you know right now, we, we, as you can clearly hear, we don't have a lot. Yeah. But, but one thing I want to mention is the weird juxtaposition where they're praying uh, as they're eating dinner and they say, thank you for what we are about to receive as we cut to like the ship crashing, because yeah. I was under the impression that everybody on that ship dies. You thought they we... were praying for the death of those men. Well, I knew they were, I knew they weren't, they were just praying for dinner. But the, the obvious joke of the scene is that what we're about to receive is going to be the whiskey. Yeah. But like, it's, it's weird because I also thought they were going to die. So I was like, Oh, Oh, that's a weird juxtaposition. Quick side note, just to dive back to that red box for a sec. Was it ever explained why that box was on that ship? Full of whiskey? I, I I just assumed it was a Pulp Fiction scenario. Yeah, I mean, there's... what? Why? I mean, I guess it was... I, well, okay, maybe it was going to America, but did the prince live in America? Who was it being sent to? Like, I don't know, man. Rick Casey's going to America. America. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Just me singing that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, say to me. I have a question for you. Okay, I, ask I, me. I have, I have a big discussion question for you. All right, sure, let's do this. Because... <laughs> <laughs> it tickles me how eager you were. Um, there is a moment in the movie. So Wagon is obviously suspicious. Yeah. And he thinks that the whole town is stolen this whiskey, much like the original film. And at one point he wakes up in the middle of the night and he says like, I hear music. Yeah. And he's like, it's drunk music. Yes. I have a question for you. Sure. Number one, does that exist? I think I would argue it does. Yeah. Drunk music. Absolutely. But I would ask you, what are songs that you enjoy drunk? But if you heard sober, would be like, no, thank you. Hmm. Uh, certainly, based on experience, anything by the Backstreet Boys. I am <laughs> certainly, if I'm drunk, I'm far more likely to to get involved and sing. I was thinking Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, I love Cotton Eye Joe, regardless of my state. Don't know if I do when I'm not drunk. Forgot, baby, Cotton Eye Joe. I've been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. See? Boy, 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 boy. But Jason, we've both been drinking. So. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> we so we're in the proper proper state. You can't judge it. <laughs> Any Anything by uh, anything by Yanni I prefer when I'm drinking? That seems very mellow. For, that seems more like a heroin kind of uh, music. Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. Yeah, heroin, obviously. When I do, when um, I, when I do heroin. Trainspotting was a very personal film for me. Like I just when I'm when I'm drinking, I just like any upbeat music is more enjoyable to me. Like if you if right now in my current state of mind, if you started playing "Tiger by a Tail" by by Buck Owens right now, I would be fucking chuffed. So what if? Um, so you're not a like. Uh all by myself. No. Um, now, if I was in a, in a in a sad state, 
perhaps, but I, I rarely am in that kind of sad state. You know, my 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 depression uh, as it exists is more just kind of a uh, just a lack of feeling more than than a sad feeling. You see, mm. so I don't necessarily want to listen to Elton John singing sad songs. Say so much when I was sad. Eric Carmen, sir. I'm singing. I'm I'm saying, but like, yeah, you for that was what you would listen to. Me, if I was sad, maybe I would listen to sad songs. But, say so much by Elton John. But but listen, Jason. But if you listen to Elton John, you could tell everybody that this was your song. Yeah, it may be quite simple, but like you know, now that it's gone, I hope. You don't mind no. that I I don't wrote down in words. Uh, How wonderful! When I, life when, I is. when I listened to that song, I, I thought about like if now I was a, if I was a sculptor, world. but then again, no. Mm. <laughs> I'm immediately going to contradict myself. Or, or a traveling show. You don't have much money, but it's the best you can do. It is. It You're, really is. You, you know, you gave me a gift, and it was your song. Yes. And this gift was for me. I mean, that's redundant, but that's what happened. Brendan is very knowledgeable about Elton John songs. <laughs> Daniel is traveling tonight on a plane. Crocodile Rock. I remember when Rock was young. Me and Susie had so much fun. All right, we're not here to talk about Elton John. I wish we we were. Why yeah. don't we talk about Rocket Man? Ooh, burning out his fuel out there. That's technically a Alone. British. No, but that's technically a British film. I guess so. I mean, it stars a British person playing a British singer. We could get there if we just get a part where we just need to watch British shit. You can tell I'm like kind of starting to slur because when I say British, it's coming British. out British. <laughs> British. That was a strong first beer. That's that's a that's a that's a kicker. That's a kicker in the pants, folks. If you're listening, this isn't a mini episode. You're listening to us be super unprofessional. I think whiskey galore, Brendan, would benefit from some sort of transmedia. What does that mean? Meaning converting it to something else. I would like to see a Whiskey Galore video game. Can I tell you what I thought you meant by transmedia? Maybe I don't have to say it. You can just guess. What I, I think I can meant. guess. Because Eddie Izzard is in this movie. Certainly, so yes. That's I mean, why I, I like put that together. <laughs> no. Uh, what, what, what I mean is that like, because you like uh, uh, Zach, Zach Snyder's Watchmen is a good example. It's a piece of transmedia. It's taking a comic and turning it into a movie and doing it in a way that is very faithful. But also we could argue whether it's good or not. Mm. Um but yeah, like Whiskey Galore would be a cool adventure game. Like the idea of like you getting to know all these characters and, you know, having little puzzles to solve and having to hide the whiskey and things like that. Like an RPG. I mean, yeah, or, or an RPG. Well, I mean, I don't know if an RPG would necessarily be the right thing because it's like, how are you going to build stats? You're going to be out fighting like, like crabs on the, I suppose. Oh, yeah. If drinking was the way you got XP. <laughs> you got to just keep drinking. You just have to drink whiskey all over the island. You, yeah. have, to just dr- you have to maintain a certain level of drunkness. But you got to time it right. You can't drink too much or else you start puking and then it's no good for but anyone. But also, that makes sense. Now that I think about it, Brendan. Now that I think about Guys, it. Guys, we're solving this. We're solving this. Now that I think about it, it makes sense to me that everybody drinks on that island because there's nothing to fucking do there. And, and it reminds me of going to my my uh, uh, cottage. Well, not my cottage, but my, like my family cottage, right? Where it's out on the Cape. It's a beautiful place. And when I was a teenager and I was not allowed to uh, drink or smoke weed, it was a boring-ass place. But now that I am an adult and I'm allowed to drink and smoke weed, it's fantastic being there. May I ask you a question? Sure. Is this the least we've talked about a movie? Maybe. I mean, uh, <laughs> did we talk about that much about the Avengers? I mean, we've certainly. I think we yeah, definitely we, we did. definitely did because there's a lot to talk about. Maybe Lawrence after Arabia. Yeah, but maybe like Lawrence after. Then we did, but there. But that was a unique movie. Like, it's. I don't know that we've watched a movie that's quite as straight a remake of a previous movie <laughs> that we've watched before. Folks, folks, I just. Open with you right now. And yes, I'm saying folks, we're the folks. Joe Bidens of podcasting. Right. Folks, I'm just gonna be open with you right now. This is there is nothing here. Yeah. There's really nothing here. Not really. No, no. This this movie doesn't need to exist. I've said it before, it's unnecessary. 
I, I don't want to demean the people involved in it because they clearly, you know, they, they made something. They, I mean, they should be proud of it, but it's like, why is it even around? It just doesn't make, it doesn't, it doesn't need to exist. And that's not even to say, and that's, you know, that's not the worst criticism. I could sit here and talk about Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yeah. That movie, I could trash for two hours yeah, and talk about every little minutia of that stupid, stupid movie. But this is just like this. It just, I don't, I don't understand why it happened. It doesn't, it doesn't do enough new to make it interesting that way, but it also, it isn't bad enough to make it interesting either. You know? Like, like, it'd be one thing if they, like, tried to make it and totally missed the mark. Then we could sit here for an hour and a half and just rag about how bad this thing was. I just, I just, I just realized something. This yeah. movie reminds me, there is another remake we've talked about in the past that reminds me a lot of this. Sure. In the sense that it's just a straight remake and there's nothing interesting. 39 Steps. Yeah, absolutely. That okay, just, yeah. hardly anything was changed and it was just a lesser version with actors that weren't as good Thank with you. writing that was not as good. Thank you for reminding me of that cuz I had forgotten. And, and 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 clearly no no wonder I'd forgotten because it is so forgotten. I don't remember anything about that movie. Yeah, I remember was, they tried to do the crop duster scene and it did, didn't crop It duster. was ultimately an inferior version of the original movie. Now, I don't know that I would go this far to say because the because 39 steps is such a fucking classic. Like it's it yeah. I mean, he, I'm not saying Whiskey Galore is as good as 39 no, steps. No, no, that's it. And that's what I'm saying is that this movie is not in the same way. Like where where and and even with um Dr. Zhivago, like we'll put Dr. Zhivago in 39 steps. As remakes, they were unnecessary and they were bad. This is an unnecessary remake. It's a good remake, I think. Like ultimately, it is a competent Solidly made, well acted remake, but also is again completely unnecessary to exist. I can't say it's good. I can't. I, well, I can't go. I can't go as far as say it's terrible. If you didn't, if if you couldn't see the original for whatever reason and you had to watch this, this is not a bad substitute. Like to me, this is like if you're talking about a five star rating system. And by the way, check out my letterbox if you want to see. <laughs> but this is spoiler alert. This is like a two star for me. Okay. Like it's under. It's under half. It's, I would put it at a two and a half. It's just. It's just barely under half. I just, it's so, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, watching this, I'm just like, and I'm glad we were drinking. Yeah. Because I'm watching, the, I'm watching this just a cut, like, you know, last night. I'm like, what is our episode going to be? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there was, because I, I wrote way less notes than I normally do yeah. for, for uh, episodes. And I, you know, I was watching it and I was enjoying some of the performances, but ultimately it was just like, I was like checking, I was like reading on Wikipedia and stuff while I was watching it. And it just had a hard time keeping my attention. What am I going to write down? The plot that we already talked about? Yeah. So with that being said, Jason, that's the one thing, like, like it's the thing we, we had our criticisms about the Italian job last week, but there was a lot to talk about. And it, well, of course it helped that we had Stephen Izzy here too. But, and it was very different. Yeah. It was very different. And there was a lot to kind of compare and contrast and, and the different approaches and looking at the elements that they did take and kind of rework into the movie. And by the way, I think this is going to be a zero for five situation when we get to the end of this uh, this series because I don't think any of these movies are going to be as good as the originals, mm. especially not next week's. But we'll yeah. talk about that in a second. <laughs> but Jason, we're we're let's let's take a bit of a break here. I know you said you you had less. Notes I do have some usual, notes. You have some notes, so yeah. we're going to take a break and we're going to go through your bits and bobs when we come back. But right now, we're going to hear some ads from Age of Radio, and we will be right back. Age of Radio. And we're back. Back in the habit. I got bits. I got bobs. 
I got bits to hold my bobs. And when I'm bit, you're a bob. And when I get bobbed, you're always a bit. So Jason's got his bits and bobs. He's gonna read those bits and bobs for you tonight. Thank you, Brendan. I, I said the town. The town. I rehearsed that for ten weeks. Thank you. You did a good job. You uh, you planned well. The town in this movie, like I noted it originally, that it looks very similar to the town from Local Hero. Even uh, like especially when they go to the red phone box, but it's not. It's it's it. But that must just be what towns look like up there. But Local Hero looked so much better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a guy in there that looks like Ron Weasley's dad, but I looked through the cast and it is not Ron Weasley's dad. Shenanigans. They mentioned Churchill in one scene. Um, they do. One, one part I did... Yeah, they were wondering I, if Churchill would mention the whiskey shortage on the island. That part I actually kind of laughed at, but at the same time, I don't remember if that's in the original film I think it is. I think they, they do talk about that in the original. Okay, so points off. But I did, I did laugh at the notion that these people would be like... Well, surely Churchill's talking about us. Yeah, well, this little island. Got to mention us into a, a thing to the nation. The poor people of Toddy Island don't have any whiskey. Jason, hold on. I just want to point out. I was about to scroll up like that. What are you, a baby trying to scroll your paper? Jesus. Jesus. Uh, I wrote down. There's a lot of scenes very similar to the original. <laughs> As in every scene. A, real, a realistic version of this movie of a town going through rehab. Hmm. Uh, they they even copy the scene that where the Sabbath happens. Yes, like you don't have to do everything. Uh, although there was a scene where Katarina gets in Mom's face and like sets the record straight of like, look, this is how it's gonna be, and then runs off. I don't remember that from the original. I don't think so, and I think that's because we let women have lines now. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But that's ever the thing. Since, ever since the Script Alliance uh, protest of nineteen. 99. By the way, George's mother might be the most faithful recreation of a performance in this movie. She's good. She's good. Like, she, she nails it. And she reminds me somewhat of one of my grandmothers. Uh, not that my grandmother is that severe, but she's got a similar kind of, like, like conservative streak in her. So it does remind me of her. <laughs> Nobody's bad in the movie. No. no like, but, 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 I mean, I just don't think anybody's, like... I'll, I'll, most of them aren't given that much to do. No. And outside of Mrs. Waggett, there's not a whole she, lot of standout. She's the best. She is the best. Um... There's at least a couple of day for night scenes. Oh, really? I'm, I'm pretty sure that they had to be. I didn't notice because I was kind of bored. Half paying attention, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I like that they're praying to get the whiskey, or at least the, the uh, not Peggy, what's the other one? Katerina. Katerina is praying to, so that they get the whiskey so that George can stand up to his mother. <laughs> I do like how... Um, Waggett, Eddie Izzard, uh, I like how Waggett's army is like always is shown very specifically as being like run down and pretty shitty and yeah. and how grandiose his ideas are. Like, yeah. you know, we need to go out this island because Hitler could come in at any time and we need to stop Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. And then, which is a funny idea. The idea that the Nazis would have much interest in a little island off the coast of Scotland. They, they, yeah, if he, they were invading England, they would get there eventually, but that wouldn't be like priority number one. That's what I mean. Yeah. His idea is like, we're right in the way. And then somebody even says to him, well, you know, they could just go around, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, because of the roadblock. Like, they could just, we have one road on this island. They could just drive around the other way, so we need a roadblock at the other side. Right. And the roadblock does lead to a kind of funny scene later. Um, although, in, in, you know, with 70 extra years of knowledge, I would say that the Nazis would probably be smart to seize the coast of Scotland like that, because there's a lot of oil out there. Mm. So, uh, folks, if you're going to invade Great Britain, I would want to seize a bunch of Scotland so you get that oil. 
That's my uh, recommendation. And if you want to invade Great Britain, send Give us me an a call. Email. Yeah, yeah. Send us an email. We're, we're down. We want to go. And since the BFI has not offered us a package yet, since the BFI has not come to us and said, hey, you guys are doing God's work, we're going to fly you all expenses paid to Britain to talk about our movies. See, Jason, when we eventually, and spoiler alert, because I've been drinking, when we eventually talk about other British movies and see if maybe they would be a better fit for the BFI Top 100, surely the British Film Institute will contact us and get them to make an update, get us to make an updated list. Look, the British Film Institute, I think, should represent the interests of the Commonwealth as a whole. No, two Canadian white guys. That's right. Uh, if, if there's going to be any white guys on that panel, it should be two Canadian white guys. We should be the only white guys, though, I just want to say. Folks, if you're listening and you live in England and you're living near wherever the British Film Institute happens to be, go up and you knock on that door and you get the guy to come out and you tell him, Storm the BFI! That's right. You storm I'm saying the it here, folks. Storm the BFI! You tell them that, that Jason and Brendan want to do a live podcast in their foyer. and uh, Wait, uh, I don't like this Alex Jones thing. Let me try something different. Okay. Oh, yeah! Storm the BFI! I don't know that Macho Man would be down for using his image for this political use. Listen, snap into the BFI like a Slim Jim. If Macho Man was still alive, Brendan, do you think he might have taken an acting role in a British film? (laughs) Would he be in performance too? Yeah. Him and uh, still Mick Jagger. (laughs) Yeah, Mick Jagger's like, oh, hello, Macho Man. Do you want to smoke some crack? Yeah, I'd love to smoke some crack. I wouldn't mind doing a bump if you do. Yeah, I got bumps all over, man. I got bumps here. I got bumps there. I got bump on the back of my hand. Here, take it. (laughs) Wow. So anyway, what were we saying? Uh, Bits and bobs. Um... Yeah, oh, Waggot's uh, Army. I just thought that was funny how how run down. Another good was. line from the movie where I think McCruden says... McCroon? Um, Ma- Ma- McCroon? Joseph McCroon? McCroon says, we don't have a village idiot. We take it in turns. Right. Which is which is definitely the sort of thing a small town, a person from a small town could relate to. I almost want to give this movie credit, but I think it's in the original. Does the bartender turn on, turn on them in the original? I feel like he does. I think so, too. But yes, no, he's the one guy that makes sense for them to turn because they have a bunch of free whiskey. His business is fucked. Well, and and they and and Waggett catches him with four balls of whiskey, and he's like, "No, no, this is legitimately my." He's like, "No, this pile. is I." He's like, "And he's not stupid. He's not going to sell the fucking for export only whiskey at his bar." No, he got the legit shit from uh, his uh, from the mainland, and he sells them out. He tells them like, "Maybe you should check out this cave where all the empty whiskey cases are." Yeah, yeah, exactly. He got he tips them off. Yeah, I have one final note, and that is, I like the scene where Mrs. Laugh, Mrs. Waggett laughs after uh, Mr. Waggett, uh, uh, Captain Waggett, is going to the mainland. He's sort of he's going to be like uh, brought up, not necessarily brought up on charges, but he's being investigated because when he sent the ammo case of three hundred ammo back, which is again another thing that is directly out of the original, he gets sent a case of three hundred ammo, like point three hundred ammo, but they have point three oh three rifles, so it's not the proper ammo. So he wants to send the ammo back to the mainland, and in doing so, or in the course of them all hiding the whiskey, they hide whiskey in that ammo box, and he sends the ammo box back. Turns out there's whiskey in the ammo box, and they want to drag him back to the mainland to have a chat with him. And, and Mrs. Waggett makes a really funny laugh of like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, she cries at first, doesn't she? Well, she laughs, I think. I oh, mean, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. This movie carried a hard time keeping my attention. Crying is laughing. Laughing is crying. Damn straight. But um, that's that's all I have. Well, okay. I'll see if I got anything else here. All right. Please do. Uh, George could move one step in a different direction and be Norman, B- Norman Bates. 
at any given oh, moment. Oh, yeah. No, because she kind of looks like his Norman Bates' mother, too. She does. She does. Um, I like that. Um, and again, maybe in the original, but I even I like. I think it is. But I like how even Waggett's superior when he tell when Waggett tells him about the whiskey that might be that that was in the boat. Even his superior is like, "Well, how many cases can I get?" From yeah, you? yeah. Send me my cut. Yeah, send me my <laughs> cut. Waggett is so ridiculously to the letter, to the you know, to the law, to the letter of the law. I I do like the exchange. Someone says, "Were you not uh, when he's ta- uh, Macaroon is telling about talking about his daughters." And this character says, well, were you not young once yourself? And he said, if I was, I grew out of it. <laughs> that's a good um, line. I wrote down, stop drinking from a communal cup. That's, that's something but, okay. that doesn't age well in 2021. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, at my wedding, we did that. We, we, we had a quake, which is what that is. And, and they were doing it at, like, a pre-wedding ceremony. We did it at the wedding. How long and- did you get married? Huh? How long ago did you get? Two years. Okay, so this is before COVID. This is before COVID. Yeah, and 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 props again to my my grandmother that I mentioned earlier, the one that I was reminded me of uh, this character in the movie. She though, bless her heart, she had a she had a sip. She took it. She didn't like it, but she did it, and I respect her so much for doing it because she didn't have to. I want to say that if we uh, we we do have a most British performance award that we give out, but if oh. we had a most Scottish performance award, it would be for the scene where George is arguing with his mother and then comes back downstairs with bagpipes. <laughs> um, also, the the scene where the uh, the dude in the uh, home guard is standing there blocking Captain Wagon and and uh, uh, wondering whether he is Captain Wagon. That's not. a fun little scene. That's but he's little... also wearing a full kilt. Yes, and that is a full like uh, I'm distra- distraction scene. Yeah, it's distracting and straight again, straight out of the original movie. Again, yeah, again, and 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 just done slightly worse. Mm. Um, I just wrote down even the climactic chase at the end seems labored and low energy. Yeah, uh, I although was, to be fair, they, they, I give them credit; they got a truck that looked exactly like the one in the original. But that's that's also a criticism. Yeah, like do something different. My last note here is that uh, I really wanted Mrs. Campbell to go like full Popeye. Oh, you thought she was gonna like like pop the whiskey in her mouth and she'd like grow muscles and shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted her to drink the whiskey and she'd be like, "Oh, fucking drunk I am! Oh, I'll find any one of you motherfuckers yeah. around here!" Fuck Jesus! Like yeah, Jesus was a pot. <laughs> I just wanted her to go full. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, that would have been glorious. But it wasn't because they didn't do that. It, di- it didn't do shit, Jason. God. Why don't we remake this movie? Guys, BFI, hey, BFI, this is Brendan and Jason talking directly to you. But that's you guys Jason got money. Right why don't you uh, Why don't you give us a bunch of money and we'll remake this movie and we'll do it right? Yeah, because you know what? You didn't, you know what you didn't do right, BFI? Not not you, BFI, the, the filmmakers. Yeah. You didn't get this into the Oscars or the BAFTAs. No. This uh, this movie received very mixed reviews. In fact, on Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is a forty-two percent. Yeah, and that's that's not good. And I promise you, BFI, if you give us the money to make this movie, we promise this movie will not be homophobic or racist in any way. No, and and, and I will say the remake is is good in that regard. Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I mean, not that the original was particularly uh, any of that because yeah. it was all a bunch of white people in Scotland. Hard to, hard to have an other when there was no other. Right. Um, I will say that um, of some of the reviews... Actually, you know what I'm going to say? In my remake, George would be gay. There you go. Because you got the strong mother figure. So we'll take we'll, we'll destroy one stereotype in pursuit of another. I was going to say, yeah, bring that stereotype <laughs> in. Um, but just in terms of the reviews, there were, there were some positive oh, things said. Oh, okay. Uh, Kate, Kate Muir, mm. writing in, the, which is my last name in French, 
writing in the the Times, uh, said this movie is a four out of five. She said it was a zippy farce, and in uh, in particular, uh, Eddie Izzard's portrayal of Captain Waggett was played with psychotic obsessive joy and a nod to Dad's Army. The show Dad's Army. Mm. She also said the fans of the original film may find little or no improvement in this remake, but for a new generation, this whiskey galore will be a pleasure. I mean, if 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 you can't stand the very idea of watching a movie in black and white, I guess. To me, a remake should make you want to watch the original. Mm, mm. I don't think a remake should be like, hey, we tried to do the same thing. Yeah. Now you don't have to watch it because it's black and white and ooky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, think of other remakes, too. Like, I don't know. Did you ever see the original, like, 30s Scarface? No. No, me neither. But like, That's the, a good example of a really good remake. But, like, yeah, because the 80s Scarface is a solid movie. I don't know how it compares to the original Scarface, but it clearly, I mean, with the 50-year difference, it's probably doing something different. The 80s Scarface is definitely a little overrated as, like, a oh, yeah, classic no, movie. But for it's sure, really but, it, but it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. Brian De Palma. Yeah. Um, Snake Eyes. <laughs> yeah, his best movie. <laughs> so that's what Kate Muir says. Uh, Toby Simons of the film blog also said it was visually and orally gorgeous. Not not orally uh, to the, with the mouth, but orally with the ears. I don't know about that, though. Like, I I, I know I, it, it does look nice. There are some nice scenes in gorgeous. it. But I don't know if it's gorgeous. Like, it, it is clearly shot on digital video. It's pretty point and shoot It's what uh, I can see. It's got this kind of darkness to a lot of it that is, I think, rem- specifically comes from digital video. Um, yeah, the scene where Eddie Izzard tortures and kills people is crazy. Yeah. It, it, the, you're funny. The, <laughs> like, the, there's some good, like, uh, shots of, like, landscapes and stuff, but I don't know that the cinematography is the thing that I would say stands out in this movie. Well, Jason, maybe this is more our speed because Helen O'Hara of Empire Magazine said that the movie was, quote, too restrained and polite to really grip the attention mm. and said it feels more like comfortable Sunday night TV than cinematic fare. Yeah. Also, uh, Jeanette Katsoulis of the New York Times said, beyond simple nostalgia, the appeal of this limp retread is difficult to discern. Limp is a good, limp is a good word. Limp, yeah. Um, like, that's the thing. is like, blew this shit up a bit. Like, like... That's the thing that we don't think about like in old times, but people were fucking dirty. People have been fucking dirty since the beginning of time. It's only in recent years that we finally decided that we would allow that shit on TV and in movies. Like people are 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 fucking racist and sexist and misogynistic and and they make jokes and shit like show me the real people, you know? I mean I mean it was 2016. You can you can you can mess with that a little bit. I understand in 1949 you couldn't say certain things. Yeah. But in 2016 like yeah, you, know, you could you got to tweak that shit. All bets you could are kinda, off. Yeah, yeah, fuck around with that. Maybe put some modern sensibility in it. Make this different. Don't just make the same fucking movie. God damn it. Yeah. Ah, that's all I wanted. Not that's the all same we movie. Wanted. <sighs> and that's the thing when people say like, you know, oh this is this is different. This is not the same as the book. This is not the same as this. Like I don't want it to be. Well, I wanted to retain the spirit. It's one thing I, if you're coming from a book. Like I understand the desire to accurately portray a book. If you're coming from a different but type I of media, I still think they should put their own spin on. But yeah, it you, you know, you certainly want to have your own spin on it. And and I'm interested to see. Like obviously, Dune is an upcoming movie, which is being adapted for the third time. 
Uh, first by David Lynch and then second by the Sci-Fi Channel back in the early 2000s. Oh dear. Dude, yeah. No, and, and the thing about that series, Brendan, is that it is a it is a better take on the story. It is just very cheaply made. It's mostly on green screen, which is unfortunate. But uh, the, in, in that one, uh, 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 D- Dune is filled with a bunch of uh, Sharknados. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get away from a Sharknado on Dune. Or Arrakis, as it's known. Arrakis, yeah. So, yeah, um, Jason, I know we, we talked about it a lot throughout this episode, but what do you, I mean, final thoughts? <sighs> it's not really worth it. It's not worth your time, man. If you want to watch this movie, watch the original, and it's fine. Um, this does not add anything to the mix. Unless you are a super massive Eddie Izzard fan, maybe don't bother. Just watch the original if you really need to. And I know you were a bigger fan of a certain movie I'm about to mention, but I wasn't like huge on it. But I would say even the modern Saint Trinian's movies are better than yeah. this because at least they do something different. Yeah, yeah, they they put their own modern take on it, and that's cool to see. Whether you like it or not, it is different. Yeah, ultimately, and that was cool. But yeah, this doesn't. It's just it feels so rote. Ultimately, just and it it's just kind of there, and there's no question that. The- the original over this, 1,000%. Now, this movie costs, like, what, like 600 grand to make, and they made, like, $20,000 at the box office Did you get those numbers? I that didn't was, even see uh, I think that was on Wikipedia is what it said. Is it made, at really? the U.S.-Canadian box office, it made, like, 20 grand. Maybe it made a little more in Britain, but, like, it obviously didn't make a lot of money. Because nobody was clamoring for this. Not even in the U.K.? No. No. What if they remade The Cruel Sea? Then people would compare it to Greyhound. <laughs> that basically is a remake of the cruel sea aside sense. from that scene where dude is like oh no i killed my own people yeah have you seen greyhound yet no okay i'm no. interested to see what you think i wasn't a big fan hmm. so that's whiskey galore guys we did it um <laughs> our series is going to continue next week uh i am i'm a little worried well, yeah, this is a movie that I saw many years ago and I haven't seen since. I don't remember how I felt about it then. I remember I'm very brief flashes of it. Surely it's not good. No. <laughs> I can, I'm gonna, but I'm going to say right now. But the hope is that it will be entertaining. The hope is that it will be different. Yeah, different and, and silly and maybe stupid. Now, of course, we are talking about the 2000... 2000? 2000 yeah. remake. In the year 2000! Sylvester Stallone started a remake of Get Carter. Yeah, he did. In the year 2000. I don't know why. I don't know why people thought that that was the movie to remake in 2000 with Sylvester Stallone. If Stallone does the accent, I'm telling you right now, and I know nothing about it, so do not tell me. But if Stallone does the does tries to do Michael Caine, this is an automatic five stars, and that it should be replace amazing. the original on the list. We'll, we'll see. I don't remember that, but we'll see. Okay. If it, if it opens with him jokingly doing that, I will die laughing. Hello. I'm Sylvester Stallone. Hello. I'm Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> that was difficult to do. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the Get Carter remake next week, and then uh, and then after that, we will uh, end on a hopefully a high note. In more ways than one. Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, not the fun one. Not the fun kind of high No, no. But yeah, we'll talk about Get Carter next week. But Jason, until then, they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, that's where I am on Twitter. Reading all day, every day about all bullshit that makes me mad and why why do I do it? But there I am. So you can come follow me at Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. And see me descending into madness as I read that bullshit fucking website. This is a uh, this is the most distressing Twitter plug we've ever had. Mm, baby. 
You can also find us on all the podcast apps. Of course, our home base is Age of Radio. You can find us at ageofradio.org slash for screen and country. Hey, folks, if you got an iPhone, use Downcast. It's a sweet app. Downcast, Support those guys. Castbox, all that shit. No, none of those other ones. Just Downcast. <laughs> Listen to us on whatever you want, but Jason has a special place in his heart for Downcast. Absolutely. Um, so find us. Uh, we can. Uh, we can we can, we can do this. We, we can, can do this. We, can, we, we shall overcome. You can find us all over the place. Oh. And uh, our Twitter, of course, is uh, FSAC Pod, as in for Screen and Country Pod. FSAC Pod. Pretty straightforward, folks. Remember that. Yep. Uh, we are on uh, TikTok. Uh, what is our TikTok? Uh, handle? It's at for Screen and Country. Uh, there hasn't been an update in a while, but you never know. Never know. You got to keep checking every That's hour. Right. Always check. Always. The ABC. Always be checking. That's right. TikTok. And if you win, you get a Cadillac. Second place gets a set of steak right. knives. Third place, you're fucking fired. <laughs> From wherever you work. That's we have, right. Jason and I have that kind of power. I know your boss. <laughs> Whoever it is. Whoever your boss is, I know him. We meet at the boss convention. Because <laughs> I'm a boss and they're bosses. Is that what that movie Boss Level is about? Uh no, it's what Boss Baby is about. Oh, I, well, I'm never gonna. Know He's a cool then. dude, by the way. No, we're not gonna watch. He's that pretty movie. sweet. He's nope. a good, good guy. No, pass. As far as babies go, that are bosses. He's the best. There's boss a sequel baby. for some reason. Fucking right. Anyway, <laughs> follow us. We're on uh, we're on Facebook for Screen and Country. If you want more of this us. sort of bullshit, tell us. Yeah. And then of course, Jason. But that does it. That that is the end. We'll talk about the Get Carter remake, the abomination. I'm sure the abomination that is the Get Carter remake next week. But until that time, I will say, God save the Queen. God save the screen. And for screening country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Once more, Brendan, we're gonna get Carter. So let's go get him. Carter, we're coming for you. We coming for you, Carter. <laughs> there was a time. Drink my cares away And drown out all of the heartaches That hurt me night and day When the thought of you came crashing through I'd have one more But now the whiskey ain't working Folks, this is wild. Now, this is wild and wacky. This is, this is so wild and wacky, folks. You but said it. It's now time. Is it? For something mm-hmm. completely similar. Now, that is just wild. That is correct, sir. Ha! Should I use that one? <laughs> <laughs>
That's too long. This is for fun. That's a good one. We can put that on the blooper reel. Yeah, blooper reel.